Ah, mon Afrique, réveille-toi. Il est midi. Tu dors encore. Réveille-toi. N'écoute pas Babylone. Il t'est fourni des armes pour tuer ton peuple. N'écoute pas Afrique. Afrique Nanga Oyamba, toi cheveux crepus. Bato Mayele Bosimba Niba Bigé. Oya Bilanga Bosimba Niba Congo. Simba Niba Boko Mouna Lekate Afrika. Malobate Mosalande. Africa, Mobalia Mingao, Africa, Atonamo Africa. Hello and welcome to Congo Live, the authentic voice of the Congolese people. I'm your host, Patricia Lokwa, and I'm excited to be back in the studio today. Uh, we've been gone for quite a while and, uh, you know, I was going through a lot of moving and stuff, and I'm happy to have our listeners back on the show today. And for our new listeners, welcome to Congo Live. My usual co-host, Kambale Musavuli, is not back yet. He's still in India um, doing some learning over there. And we have a very interesting program for you today. On the phone, we'll have Maurice Carney, who will talk to us about the upcoming Congo events, uh, focusing on Congo Week uh, and Congo and Harlem in specific, which starts on the last week of October. And again, Maurice would also share with us uh, the news of what's going on around the Congo. And after that, we'll do a tribute to Kiripi Katembosiku, an acclaimed Congolese photographer, a painter, a film producer, who has passed last month on August 5th. Mr. Katembo has left behind a brilliant legacy, and we'll find out a little bit more about his legacy that he's left behind. But before then, uh, let's talk a little bit with Maurice on what's going on around Congo Week. How are you doing today, Maurice? Am you okay? Yes, I can hear you. We finally got you in. How are you today? I'm fine, thank you, Sal. I'm doing great. So we were just talking on the show about uh, a few events coming up, uh, Congo Week in specific, and uh, if you can share with our listeners, what exactly is Congo Week and where did this concept come from? I'm sure. Uh, Congo Week uh, began in 2008. It was um, established with uh, two aims in, in mind. One, uh, to commemorate the millions of lives uh, lost uh, in the Congo, and second, uh, to elevate the profile of the Congo and its uh, remarkable human potential and uh, a tremendous culture. Uh, Congo Week uh, occurs uh, the third week um, each year of uh, October, and uh, this year will take place from October 18th um, through the 24th. Uh, it will be the eighth um, presentation of, uh, of Congo Week, where um, individuals and institutions uh, throughout the globe um, take that week uh, to do something um, to 
address those two aims that are laid out, uh, commemorating the lives that have been lost in the conflict. Uh, estimated 6 million people have lost their lives um, since 1996. And uh, second, to elevate the profile of the, the Congo. So uh, religious figures and um, students and uh, community organizers, business people, intellectuals, just a broad cross-section of people uh, host events. They may uh, screen films, uh, hold rallies, host teachings on the first Sunday of every Congo week, uh, called Congo Sunday. Uh, religious figures, uh, uh, they may uh, dedicate uh, the service to the Congo or dedicate a prayer. Uh, so we have participation um, uh, across the board uh, as it relates to uh, commemorating uh, the lives that have been lost in the Congo and elevating uh, Congolese um, people and the culture. Since 2008, uh, we've had at least uh, 70 countries uh, participate in Congo Week mm, wow. and over 500 communities, um, all involved in, in supporting uh, what's uh, what the Congolese people the Congolese people pursuits uh, basically for for peace and for justice. So, for our listeners who may be listening in and they want to find out some more information, where can they go to find out more about Congo Week and what they could be doing? Sure, they can go to congoweek.org uh, to get the background of what's happening Congo Week, uh, find out where events will be taking place, uh, get access to um, tools and resources. Uh, almost like a toolkit that will enable them to participate in Congo Week. There are fact sheets that are found there, uh, films that people can screen. Um, there's a whole host of uh, resources that uh, clearly lay out uh, what Congo Week is, uh, is about. Uh, during that week, uh, we have a special day where um, people um, turn off their cell phones uh, as uh, an act of conscience and solidarity. Uh, for a leave message on their um, their cell phones, uh, letting people know why their cell phones are turned off. Uh, Congo produces um, 64% of the world's reserve of um, coltan, a mineral uh, that's vital to the functioning of our cell phones, and it's uh, one of uh, the reasons for the conflict, ongoing conflict in the country. So, as an act of solidarity, um, people participate in what we call a sellout day. Uh, which uh, will occur on the Wednesday uh, during um, Congo Week, which will be Wednesday, October 21st. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, that's, um, uh, people can find out uh, on that website a uh, whole host of information, including uh, what uh, suggested actions to take on each day uh, from Sunday, October 18th to Saturday, October 25th. There are suggested actions that we have themes for each day where people can um, uh, access uh, that information to help in their organizing. And you said the website is www.congoweek.org? Yes, congoweek.org. Okay, and what is what is the connection with Congo Week and Congo in Harlem? What, what What's the difference and what is the connection? Well, uh, Congo Week, uh, the flagship uh, event, let's say, uh, for Congo Week is Congo in Harlem. And Congo in Harlem is in its uh, seventh year. It'll be the seventh year. And it's a, uh, Congo in Harlem is a film and performance series that takes place at the Maisel Cinema in Harlem, New York, where we invite Congolese filmmakers, uh, 
musicians, uh, practitioners, artists, um, intellectuals, activists, all uh, descend on Harlem for one week of um, basically um, bathing in Congolese culture. We're talking about the music, we're talking about the films, we're talking about art, the food. Uh, so it's an opportunity uh, to showcase uh, what Congo has to offer to the world and, uh, and to do that in the world's um, leading uh, media center, which is New York City. And so uh, this year, um, we, um, we have the seventh uh, uh, rendition or seventh uh, presentation of Congo in Harlem, and it serves as uh, one of the most compelling elements of, uh, of Congo Week. I know I have people the... can get people can get more information mm-hmm. uh, about Congo in Harlem. They can visit congoinharlem.org. Okay. dot org, and they can see the lineup of uh, of films and performances and uh, panel discussions and activities that'll be t- taking place during Congo in Harlem. I was just going to mention, I had an opportunity to go uh, last year, and it was really, really fun. I actually enjoyed myself more than uh, I expected to. Uh, I know we had an opportunity. I learned a lot, even me being a Congolese, where I got to see some a few documentaries, actually, on the Congo, and I got to enjoy good Congolese food, as always, and also get an opportunity to dance a little bit of Congolese uh, music. Which day is the opening night for the, for this October? It's going to be Sunday, October 18th is the opening uh, night. Uh, we'll have the reception and the music. There'll be music, food, and throughout the week. But Sunday, October 18th is um, a special night uh, for the reception. And I'm glad you um, mentioned uh, your experience, Patricia. Uh, one of the uh, rationales behind Congo and Harlem was to present a counter-narrative because... Uh, uh, Congo has been dubbed uh, the rape, uh, wrongly dubbed, the rape capital of the world, and we focus on the tragedy, and uh, which leads the world to believe that's all that's happening there. You know, rape, mm-hmm. tragedy, conflict, and what that does is uh, it covers and it masks um, the rich, vibrant culture and Congo's remarkable contribution um, to to the world in terms of music, in terms of its intellectuals, uh, in terms of art. And uh, so Congo and Harlem was established to uh, produce a counter-narrative and provide a more holistic picture of uh, what the Congo is about, um, or the, the country, the people, um, its culture, its history. Um, so that was um, the key aim for, for Congo and Harlem. And uh, that's why we, we say it's a, it's a flagship of, uh, of Congo Week. And just uh, also during Congo Week, uh, in addition to Congo and Harlem, we usually establish partnerships with uh, different institutions that are about promoting um, Congolese culture. And this year we'll have a, a special part, partnership uh, with uh, the Met, uh, the Metropolitan Museum uh, Park in, in New York. And they have uh, a special um, exhibition uh, that they will launch this September and run through January. Uh, but during Congo Week, uh, we will have um, enhanced programming that will enable people to uh, get a view uh, of uh, pre-colonial Congolese culture and what it is produced. Uh, so we um, certainly would um, like to invite listening audience um, 
to come to New York and be with us uh, uh, this October um, so that they can not only participate in Collingwood Harlem, but also um, partake in the uh, Collingwood exhibition that's being uh, um, showcased at uh, the Metropolitan Museum here in New York. I know I will definitely be there. Sounds like a lot of exciting things that are coming up uh, surrounding the Congo and just educational opportunities for people to learn a little bit more about the history of uh, Congo. And thank you so much for that, Maurice. And if you can give us a little bit about the news, given that we're speaking of the Congo, on what's going on lately. Sure, sure. Uh, uh, there's a lot that's uh, transpiring um, in the uh, in the Congo as it relates to uh, the news that... Uh, uh, the, at the top of um, um, people's um, minds and interests. Uh, we have uh, this week, uh, this past week, uh, Congolese Supreme uh, Court uh, had a ruling at the request of um, the Electoral Commission, which um, dealt with the organizing of the elections. And uh, basically the Electoral Commission uh, felt that they didn't have the financing and the wherewithal to fulfill its uh, its calendar. It's laid out elections that would take place over the next year, uh, local, provincial, um, uh, presidential. And so the Supreme Court ruled that uh, Congo, the Electoral Commission, had to host um, or organize elections in new provinces that were... Um, uh, established this year, 21 new provinces. Now, the uh, Electoral Commission doesn't have the means to organize these elections. So the fear that um, came about as a result of the ruling is that if the Supreme Court um, put down this ruling and the Electoral Commission doesn't have the means to fulfill on the ruling, it's going to delay not only the provincial elections, which the Supreme Court says has to take for takes place take place first, where governors have to be elected, but also delay uh, the presidential elections, which is the primary preoccupation of uh, Congolese right now. That uh, the presidential elections take place in uh, November of 2016, and that uh, Joseph Kabila steps down per uh, the constitution. So many in the opposition and uh, analysts. I believe that uh, this is a late, the ruling from the Supreme Court represents the latest maneuver by uh, Joseph Kabila to try and um, maintain himself in power through what um, they call the glissement or the slippage by delaying uh, his departure. So that's something that we ought to watch uh, very closely to see how the Electoral Commission and uh, political class is uh, going to uh, respond to this decision that came down to the Supreme Court. Uh, a second um, point of note, uh, some, some good news, actually. The uh, UNICEF uh, reported that the Congolese government had documented that in the past seven years, infant, infant mortality had declined by 30% um, in the Congo. Uh, it dropped from 148 per thousand to 104 per thousand. So that's um, one of the weird good news that we hear um, coming out of uh, the country. As you know, um, children under the infant mortality, they measure children under the age of five. And they've been, uh, this cohort has been born the brunt of um, the situation in the Congo. And the six million figure that I mentioned earlier, uh, that where people have lost their lives during the, during the conflict, 
uh, half of those are estimated to be children under the age of five. So it's good to see some good news uh, uh, regarding uh, child mortality in the, in the Congo. Another news, um, uh, we have uh, um, uh, Dr. Mukwege. There's a film that's out in Dr. Mukwege that's receiving uh, uh, Dr. Mukwege uh, that's receiving international acclaim. For your listening audience, those who don't know who uh, Dr. Denny Mukwege is, he uh, represents Pansy Hospital, and he's um, been awarded uh, and given accolades throughout the globe for his work in repairing and up to some 40,000 women who have been victims of uh, the conflict uh, in the Congo. So a film was made on his work. And uh, unfortunately, uh, to the chagrin of many, and the Congolese government banned um, the showing of this film in the, in the country. So here it is. You have a, a homegrown hero that's recognized throughout the globe, and the film has been produced on him, a film, an award-winning film, uh, but yet the government uh, decided to, to ban the film because they say there are inaccuracies in the film and presents the Congolese military in a negative and uh, inaccurate uh, light. Um, so this uh, gives, uh, uh, this banning of the film uh, gives uh, the global community a look into uh, the type of government that the Congolese people um, have to deal with, uh, whether it actually bans uh, a film that's um, produced to recognize one of uh, Congo's most renowned uh, uh, figures. On uh, another note, uh, just uh, look at the mining sector a bit. We have a company, uh, Corporation Glencore, international mining company, has uh, ceased its mining of uh, cobalt and uh, copper. It's shut down, uh, it's planning to shut down its um, operations for the next 18 months uh, because of the decline of uh, the prices and the, the metals. Uh, however, uh, Glencore said it will keep up to 80 percent uh, um, of its uh, of its staff and um, looks to restart in its operations uh, when the climate is better. But uh, plans to continue its investment in mining in the Congo. And uh, Congo represents uh, it's a leading producer actually of cobalt um, in the world, and it's the sixth largest producer of copper. So it's a key industry uh, for uh, the the country, and uh, one of the major mining companies shutting down or suspending its operations um, will um, reverberate um, throughout uh, uh, the the economy. Uh, also, upcoming this week, uh, we have on um, September 15th, the opposition, the Congolese political opposition, will be um, organizing a demonstration um, in the Congo. Uh, so the demonstration is to um, protests against the myriad uh, and varied efforts by the uh, Kabila regime uh, to de- delay his stay or to remain in power. Um, so we all have to be um, watching out for this. Uh, uh, the last major demonstration in the country was in January, where we saw at least 42 people got killed and uh, hundreds were arrested and scores were injured. Um, so uh, there is um, a bit of trepidation as um, the uh, the 15th of September approaches um, to see how uh, the government and the security uh, forces will respond to a peaceful, nonviolent uh, demonstration that's guaranteed by the Constitution. Uh, all previous demonstrations have been responded to in a heavy-handed manner, where security forces, military, presidential guard, uh, have um, been on the streets to uh, repress 
uh, any kind of um, civic engagement or rallies or demonstrations. So uh, we all hope uh, that um, uh, things will go well. The government will uh, resist its temptation to be heavy-handed and uh, the political opposition and civil society will have the opportunity to demonstrate in a, in a free and uh, violent-free uh, environment. So uh, that, uh, those are some of the uh, news items that, that are worth um, uh, following up on and looking out for uh, Patricia for, for this week. Hello?
coloniale. Nos ancêtres étaient des esclaves. On les fouettait trois fois par jour, mais ils bouffaient trois fois par jour. Oui, nos parents ont pris l'indépendance, soi-disant. Ils ont fait le pays à leur image. Et c'est quatre ans plus tard, les Congolais bouffent une fois par jour à 22 heures. la faute des blancs ou celle de nos parents Est-ce qu'on est indépendant ou dépendant Tout dépend. L'histoire nous jugera. And welcome back to Congo Live. You were just listening to Congo by Jupiter and Oquist International, one of the popular street bands of Kinshasa. Reflecting on what Congo becoming what Congo is since it's become, gained its independence in 1960. As a matter of fact, the streets of Kinshasa, where talents are found, were dancers and singers from comedians and painting, painters and more. And the streets of Kinshasa become immortalized by the works of a late acclaimed photographer, Kiripi Katembo Siku. His photography provided a way of seeing beyond reflection as it opens up a poetic window to another world, the world in which he lived. He wanted an image and to tell stories of Kinshasa's streets where the children were born, who had to grow up surrounded by pools of unclean water. It is where Ms. Katembo's way of campaigning for a healthier environment and to denounce through his photographies what Kinshasa's inhabitants see as fate.
were just listening to Je T'aime by staff Benda Bilili. Ngai Nalingiyo in English, it translates to I love you from the streets of Kinshasa where people are reminded daily about the reality of a tough life. So in Kiripi Katembo's photographs and short films, he documented the daily hard life of the inhabitants of Kinshasa and the unstable political and economic situation facing his country, the Democratic Republic of Congo. His work has been featured at the Venice Binali, Bamako Encounters, the Royal Museum of Tavaren, Brussels, the Centre for Fine Arts in Brussels, Taz in Ostend, Belgium, the Racontre d'Arles, and the Avignon Festival in 2013, the Berlin International Film Festival, a.k.a. the Berlinale, the New York Contemporary Art of Biennale. Yet it was his 2009 series, Un Regard, that made waves in the art photography world. Currently on view through November 15, 2015, in the Bote Congo, between 1926 and 2015, Congo Kitoko, group exhibition of Fondation Cartier in Paris, France.
You were just listening to Mazopo by Benson de la Rue and Trionix. Mazopo is a dress code from the street of Kinshasa. Bebson de la Rue or Bebson of the Street sings the reality of his world, the streets of Kinshasa, which Kiripi, Katembosiku, photographs and short films depict the everyday life in impoverished areas of Kinshasa as reflected in the puddles of water, as you may see in some of his images. His work simply takes a look at a very simple fact of life in the city, where the pollution of the urban environment has taken over. With pollution comes sickness such as malaria and typhoid fever, He wanted to show some, what some refused to consider an appalling management of the urban environment. And ironically and sadly, Mr. Katimbo died of malaria. which translates to death has stolen once again. He was born in 1979 in Goma. Mr. Katembo studied at the Académie de Beaux-Arts in Kinshasa. Mr. Katembo was also a founding director of the film company Mototu Productions and the executive director of Yango Biennale in Kinshasa. He was also the founder of Yebela, an art collective for Kichasian artists. Katembo was also a second assistant director of the feature film Viva Riva by Joe Tunda Wamunga, an assistant director of Kim Nguyen's child soldier drama Rebel, in English which is translates to War Witch, which he received an Oscar nomination and was a Canada's entry in the best foreign language film category at the 85th Academy Awards.
just listening to Franco Luambo Macchiadi singing Kipa Kisangamini. And welcome back actually to Congo Live. We're celebrating the life of a, a great icon by the name of Kiripi Katembo Siku. And uh, for those that just joined us, he passed away on August 5th of last month. And uh, this is just uh, our opportunity to recognize him for the work that he's done and um, to remember him for all the work that he's done, and not only that, for living such a great life. Um, Kiripi Katembo Siku um, had a production company by Mototo Production. He also produced Duedo Hamadi's Ata Laku, which was awarded Best Documentary Film at the Cinema du Ril Festival at the Centre Pompidou in 2013. He also co-directed Congo in four acts with Diaudu Hamadi and Davita Wa Lasala La Sala, which received two awards at Cinema de Riel in 2010 and the Africa Movie Academy Awards. Oh uh-huh. 
to Congo Live as we wrap up our show for the day. Uh, we were celebrating and we are celebrating the life of Kiripi Katembo Siku, who is an iconic uh, film producer, photographer. And for those who have not had the chance to see some of his work, uh, please make sure you go on our Congo Live page and you look at some of the videos that we've posted up of him being interviewed in uh, Paris. And we also have some images for those who may want to Find out a little bit more of uh, his work and why it's been uh, renowned around the world for just being something that's extraordinary coming from um, a place such as uh, Kinshasa. And he definitely had a brilliant mind. And uh, we want to remind our listeners to tune in next week on Saturday at 2 p.m. on Congo Live. And we want to also thank Maurice Carney for giving us the information on Congo Week and Congo in Harlem and giving us the news. And last but not least, I would like to thank our producer and the producer of this show, Lubangi Munyanya of Tabilulu Production. He always does an amazing job and uh, he definitely does a great job walking me through some of these moments. Be 
kuzonga Mobembo Tezali indeli wateo Nagei Kasilo vina kuzonga Kinshasa mame Mobembo Tezali indeli wateo Nagei Kasilo vina kuzonga Zali ndeli wateo, na kuzonga na kungu. 